This is KQEN Local Talk at 4. Every weekday, News Radio 1240 KQEN brings you local information at 4 o'clock. Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Littlejohn and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. And we're live! Okay, <laughs> enough of the. You know, the, it's to be a fly show. on the wall for the pre show and the in between game and all the fun banter and comments that happen off the air. Well, at some point, I have it on good measure. We're going to figure out how to start streaming the entire thing on Facebook Live, complete with the audio feeds. But That'd be uh, awesome. Yeah. So, hey, welcome to the True Well Show. You're two weeks into the year, and we are going to quiz you today. But first, let me introduce in studio with me, as always, Miss Katie Shuck. But also one of our favorite guests, and uh, we see him often, always, uh, well, often giving me a hard time, I think, is part of your role. But also, uh, whenever we are looking for... For obscure legal advice and fun trivia, Mr. Derek Simmons. It's always a pleasure to throw stuff at you, Dave. Yes. Obscure <laughs> legal advice. Well, and mainstream. Although I have to say, I mean, every now and then I've brought you odd questions and you're like, well, here's kind of a thing that you might need to consider. Yeah, we, we don't know yet till it's been litigated, but here are the things you might expect to be argued. <laughs> yeah, it's... And, and my favorite something one. Something that's not been fought over yet? Well, actually, not that mm-hmm. it hasn't exactly. But here, here's a question for you. If a trespasser who is not allowed on your land comes onto your land and finds buried treasure that you didn't know was there, oh. who owns it? You're going to tell me that it's the trespasser based on case law. And I'm going to say... It should We're be the landowner. Yeah, it's it's going to be a problem is what it's going to be. I think I could make both arguments, but I will tell you this. I would tell you to settle. Settle early. Because there actually is. You're right. There's case law that says guy sold um, property. <laughs> he, sold, he sold property that had a fuel tank buried on it. And then he went back on the property when they were cranky with each other. And he took the fuel out of the tank without the property owner, without their consent. And the... Oregon Supreme Court in like 1920-something said, yeah, that's okay. That, that's okay. So there's some case law that supports the trespasser. But wait, 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 wait. Uh, yeah, he, I want to know, no. know more about the context because I'm guessing the case law. I just had a really fun weekend with my sister-in-law who's now, uh, you know, she's passed the bar in three different states and is now actually a practicing attorney too. But she's double. She's. I saw the post from Amanda. She's double. Like there's, she's with chi- like child law or something. And no, then also, it's, it's not. She, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of cool. Her practice is new. The point oh. is that I get an hour in the car with her both ways to Eugene watching my oldest daughter play basketball over the weekend and we're talking about this and we're talking about see we have very different political ideologies but we actually get along famously and because she's one, an awesome person yeah and so one of the discussions is about how judges rule and the idea is uh, and she really believes this again different political ideologies but she thinks you know the judge's job is to rule on the law that's presented not to create a new one or anything else. So case law, I want to know more about what the opinion of the judge was and how that was derived. Yeah, so when I worked at the Court of Appeals, my judge used to tell me, our job is not to make the law. Our job is to find the law that is already there. The law is already there. We just have to figure out where you know what it is and apply it to the facts. See, now you, but you said something after you presented that initial one. Because first you said, well, if it's a trespasser. So I'm thinking somebody who is unfamiliar with me and my property and like I'm viewing not me as a trespasser, but me as a landowner. Now, then you said, well, it used to be the landowner and then sold it. So then I'm like, well, he kind of, 
Did well, he sell his rights to that fuel when he sold Pirate the property? Pirate buries treasure, comes back and takes treasure after selling land with treasure on it. And you're saying, no, nope, pirate's totally cool. And I'm going to go, well, first of all, pirate's in the wrong for being a pirate. <laughs> okay? So I start with that. And I go, it's like, lawbreaker already illegally on property and then steals the stuff on the property. You're telling me it's okay? What I'm telling you is that's a law that it would be interesting to challenge. Well, and what I'm telling you is settle because you don't want to lose on either side of that. Yeah, and see, this also, by the way, is... Uh, what what makes Derek a great attorney is he's sitting there going, I'm giving you a pragmatic response. Meanwhile, I'm on the other side of the desk going, but principles! Yep, yep. <laughs> you could fight. You could fight. Absolutely. And, and, and you've and got you good arguments. Win or not win. The guy <laughs> that should win, the landowner should win, I think, and yet there's case law that goes against him, so he's got more risk than one might expect. Right. But that is really... Now, this is relevant, and I'm going to bring us all back to... No, it's I don't really well show. There's no way. So you made the comment, though. It's all about the risk management. Oh. That's true. Right? And so risk management is everywhere, and it's nowhere more apparent, in my opinion at least, because I live in this world, but in the investment landscape, and it's certainly relevant today, given that in the last couple of days we've hit, oh, I don't know, all-time highs in both Again. the Dow, S&P, and NASDAQ. So we've just come out of the gate, like, again, uh, we finished the year strong. Fourth quarter was the, uh, we had the opposite fourth quarter in 2019 that we had in 2018. Yeah, right? no joke. I'm almost the numbers almost inverted, right? So you had like negative 19% versus, I don't know, it's like 12% in the last quarter. It was really a strong fourth quarter. Santa Claus rally. <laughs> yes. Now, there are there's a new grumbling around what's going on in the marketplace. And this one will be interesting uh, because, again, risk management, Kay. right? What is driving the indexes up so much? Oh, wait, you're looking for an answer? I'm going yeah, I'm I'm to phone a friend and want. ask Derek Simmons on this one. Yeah, I think Santa bought, bought a bunch of stock is what happened. Okay, I like where we're going with this. So we've talked a little bit about this before. Uh, and for all of you listeners, I want you to kind of picture this in your mind. You know, there's 500 companies in the S&P 500. But if you were to look at how big those companies were in terms of their financial capitalization, right? So, oh, well, we have this many shares and it's worth this much. So we can okay. assign a value to the company as if it was being sold to the public. Hmm. Right? Okay. All 500 companies, if you had to, if you had a finite amount of real estate, you had to give it to them all based on the size of the company, you don't all get the same carpet square. Nope. Some people are Maryland and some people are Texas. Exactly. And so the issue is that there's only a handful of stocks that represent almost a quarter of the entire weighting of the S&P 500. Like Amazon. Like eight or 10. Yeah. Amazon's <laughs> in there. Facebook and Google are in there. Uh, JP Morgan's in there. Citibank's in there. Bank of America's in there. Um, and and a, and a few others, but those are these really big companies, Apple, of course. So they they really sway the entire index. If they're having a good day, everybody's every, having yeah, a good everybody's day. having a good yeah. day. If Mama happy, everybody right. happy. Like like <laughs> take a take a guess at what Apple as a stock returned in 2019. If you were an investor in Apple, what was your what was your annualized 
rate of return for Apple? 16.3%. Okay, I'm going to go with too I was, low. I was right. going to say closer to probably 20 or 22. Also too low. Wow, 28? Too, too high? Low. Too low. 36. Too low. What? Yeah. One-year numbers, right? So uh, if, if we go one-year numbers, which counts the first two weeks of this year, I'm going to pull it up to give you the exact one. This is going to blow you away. 40. 108%. What? No. Yeah. Yes. No. Yes. Apple has is over $300 a share. It was under 150 So it has been going bananas in 2019. Now, what happens when l- – listen to some of these numbers, um, some of the biggest companies of the year. And so the S&P does, I think, 26% for the year, roughly. Microsoft, one of the largest players, almost 59%. Google, 36%. Amazon, only 15 So Amazon's an underperformer. But Apple, over 100 Amazon would have to be, like – I mean, we've talked about doubling and yeah. stuff. Like, it's Facebook, easy to go from Facebook two to four. Facebook was 50 What? Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, these are companies that, I mean, banks. J.P. Morgan is a bank, up 37%. This is funny. I have to remind you of this, Dave. So it's been probably 9, 10 years, 12 years since my son, who was like 7 at the time, I guess it's been 10 years, said, Dave, I've got $300 and I want to invest it in stock. And you said, wisely, invest it in something you know, something you know something about. Mm-hmm. And so... He, at the time, had discovered computers, and he invested in Microsoft. And Microsoft went ahead and did really well for the next two or three years. Mm -hmm. And then he had some more, some birthday money, and so we put another $300 into J.P. Morgan. Two out of the stocks you just mentioned are the ones that he bought. He thinks he's a genius, incidentally. Of course. Right. Well, I don't know that the stocks were what made him think that either, but it, it didn't. It didn't, <laughs> it didn't hurt. He comes say, with it, healthy it may have self-esteem. The flames. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the the point here is that a handful of companies that had fantastic earnings really pushed it. Uh, here's an interesting one: Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett's company. What do you think they had for the last twelve months? I don't know. Seventeen point two one percent. Close. Sixteen. Sixteen percent. So there's, you know, there's old Warren Buffett underperforming the S and P 500 at 17 per 16 percent. Yeah, it which right. is nothing. Makes 16, to... 17 percent and underperforms the S and P 500. So the the point is that these indexes right now are getting a little top heavy, and they're getting to where some of the largest companies everything has to keep going right for them. And there's some mechanical issues that go with it. Honestly, I'm not going to bore all of our listeners with that. I will simply tell you this. If you've got a handful of players that are in all of the indexes and everybody's out there in their retirement plans buying index funds, then those index funds are supporting that handful of players. The problem is if you have any kind of problem with those stocks and they start to pull back, all of the indexes also have to take action to rebalance. And if that's the case, then you can also have big trends. The last December. Yeah. We have last December. Yeah. So so you can get pushes both directions. And this is the issue with concentration risk. It's something that is not often discussed about indexing, which is a really popular investment strategy right now. Yeah, it has been more popular lately. Yeah. And I'm not trying to demonize index investing. I'm simply telling you that it's 
the indexes are not buy. all well they're not all created equal there's different kinds of indexes and and there are different risks associated with them as well so y- you could buy something thinking okay well i'm getting market exposure at a very affordable price point all true nevertheless you are buying concentration risk right now in some respects so all right look we're running long on the first segment so let's do this we'll grab a break okay and then on the flip side we're going to come back i want to explore a little bit i'm going to challenge Derek and Katie, I want to know a little bit about how their New Year's resolutions are going. So, uh, and and I've got a point to this. So, so stick around. We'll be right back. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. And Derek Simmons. And you got True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Okay, we're done with the break. We're back. We're back. Welcome back, everybody, to the True Wealth Radio, <laughs> radio Show. show. Right. Uh, David, Katie, and Derek. All right. I, and what I did behind the scenes, I had to point at everybody so they would all say their name so you know who's on the show. Yeah. Sometimes he just points and I say, and Derek, apropos of nothing. <laughs> it's it's it actually what I'm trying to do is it is get him almost like trained so in a group setting I just kind of point it's, every now and, and he goes Derek. and it's Derek the, <laughs> it's the Pavlov's dogs all over again right like we're, we're starting to salivate we don't even hear the bell anymore it works really well it's, it's good training it is it is so we're gonna get that done and then I'm gonna find a way to use it to my uh, evil advantage but uh, <laughs> between now and then who knows so. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about, oh, by the way, if you are just tuning in, you missed the first segment, we've been talking a little bit about just the markets and where we're at, all-time highs, and and some of the uh, escalating risk embedded in certain types of index funds. So check out the podcast if you want to get brought up to speed on that one. You can check it out at littlejohnfs.com under the Educate tab on the webpage. Uh, You can also sign up for newsletters and other notifications from us if you would like to. Uh, That is an invitation. We're not like real spammy about stuff, but we do occasionally publish things that we think might be useful. Uh, also, if you like my particular brand of snark, that is going to come out. <laughs> so, snarky snark. Yes. So, uh, my challenge here's my question, and uh, you know, I know Katie's prepped for this one, but Derek, we're going to see how good he is on his feet. Uh, how are your New Year's resolutions going? So, I'm I'm have not set new ones but started a little late on some of them from 2019 and i am working on fulfilling them and now you're nailing them and now i'm nailing them no but it's and actually that's really funny because one of the one of the articles that i pulled up actually said it's not about like when you start but actually just starting right so it said like everybody always says oh we got to start at january 1st and it really wasn't about like oh i have to start at january 1st but like pick a date and kind of get started. And one of the things that one of the goals that I had last year was to start exercising more regularly, but was struggling with the when and the where and everything else. And, right. um, and oddly enough, like Planet Fitness opened up in town and that's kind of worked for me. Part of the reason being is it's a block away from the office. So it's really easy to get away really quick and kind of do it and go back. And so strategically planned, strategically planned. So yeah, we invited them. Not that not that I was, you know, putting it off all year, but I will say that that was helping me fulfill one of those goals. And then one of my other goals in 2019 was to take a take a family trip that well, it was to plan a family trip that doesn't involve visiting family. 
And I know that sounds kind of funny, but most Take of my a trip with your family to not see other family. to not to see other family members because most of the time our trips to Southern California to go see other family members, and so we planned a trip to Hawaii, and that's coming up in a couple months. And so I'm working high on that fulfillment index of the goals I set for myself last year. So it's not necessarily that my goals have changed or that I have to have all new ones, but it's just more getting that fulfillment in process. No, that's true. I think that the New Year's is just a convenient time. True. Because it's a we're done with the old. It's we're starting stolen a new, my thunder. It's right a brand there. new. It's a brand new day. It's a clean calendar. You can do whatever you want to with it. So it's really convenient. But I think you could use that the the logic any time of if you're going to make an incremental change, start whenever. Just keep doing it. Well, and the motivation is different each time, right? Like a lot of people, I say, oh, I want to lose weight or I want to get in better shape. And, you know, I think it sounds good to say that overall. But there's always a weird little vanity sometimes to those motivations. And I will tell you, having gone to Cabo and sitting in a bathing suit, I'm a lot more motivated to stick to my gym resolution (laughs) than I was prior to doing that. Take motivation wherever you get it. <laughs> right? That oh, much. That's what I, I look think. like in a bathing suit now. Maybe we need to still remember to still go to the gym when we get home. <laughs> so take it where you get it. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I've often said, you know, who cares what motivates you if it motivates you? Uh, I am a firm believer in uh, any, any form of victory can lead the way to more victories. Right. Okay? So you have to get a win somewhere. Right. And this one, so this is my, my funny story. I've probably told it on the air before, but not that often. How do you create a habit? Well, they say it's like doing it for a month or 21 days. Well, 21 days, days right? And so I don't know if I buy here's, that. And I don't, I, I, that doesn't really work for me. Uh, so here's my favorite example of how you, so you pick something small and then you start building on top of that. Uh, as an example, flossing. Okay, be honest, who's a regular flosser? Boy, I would like to say and Derek, but you're totally not pointing at me. No. Yeah, it's Are true. You? It's true. Are you a regular flosser? No, no. <laughs> and Derek is not. I, I'm, I'm not. I I'm, a, I'm a regular <laughs> flosser about a week before my dentist appointment. And then it, yeah, it doesn't happen. So this is going to shock the world. And it's still my dentist thinks this is just an oddball thing. It is an oddball thing, David. I haven't missed a day of dental flossing in like more years. than ten, 10 years. Yeah, years. It is Good for it's, you. It is like a no. It's a it's thing. a hang up for me. No, right? it's a thing. I'm the Cal Ripken of dental floss people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just okay for people that don't understand that reference. Can you explain what, that? What there please? are people who don't understand who Cal Ripken, the yeah, Iron Man of baseball, is. There are people that don't know. Not that not listening to this show. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, whippersnappers. Right. I mean, Cal Ripken is since retired, but uh, he broke. It was uh, Ted. Was it Ted Williams? Is that the original Iron no, Man record? it wasn't Ted or Williams. Or Joe DiMaggio. It was Joe DiMaggio's record, wasn't it? But whatever the case, it was Cal Ripken broke. He's the longest consecutive streak of of, uh, of, be, of being a starter in the in Major League Baseball. Right. So he had the longest un- unbroken string of starts. And you got to think about that. It's like injuries, everything. He just kept playing. And it was thousands of games like but not world. flossing he was not flossing. he was not a, we don't know are. that he was a flosser he might have been he might have been a flosser he strikes me as the sort of guy who would have flossed so most wh- consecutive days with here's the hilarious thing about why <laughs> floss well it was something it was an issue right so i mean i yeah it was one of these where i got after college it had been a few years since i'd been in the dentist because 
you know, college kids are so responsible, uh, or at least I was. <laughs> and I'd had a cavity, and I was kind of kicking myself for it. And it's like, well, you got to start flossing, you dingbat. So finally, I broke down and did it. And I convinced myself I needed to get to 21 days to make a habit. And the 21 days, I still hated flossing. What you probably surprise? still hate flossing, but... To this day, I don't like flossing. It's been 10 years, and I still don't like it. But this is also relevant to the discussion. It's almost a form of self-hypnosis. It becomes, uh, I'm a little neurotic about it, right? Because I could probably be knocked unconscious at 8 p.m. and come to at midnight and go floss. Right, because you're like, I can't I, miss I, my day. I, yeah, I can't miss my goal. Because then you got to start over, and man, that's a record. It is the wiring. If you can make yourself a little bit psychopathic about it, <laughs> you can. It's true, but but in this case, you're channeling it for good. Yes. Right. And so here's the thing: at 21 days, I still wasn't into this thing. So then it became fine. I'll try to get to 30 days, and at 30 days, I still wasn't into this thing. And then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to try to do this for another month. And really, it was well, I got to 30 days, so I should. I could stop, but then I could get to 31 days or 32 days. And then when 60 days came, I was like, you know, that's a pretty good run. And I actually had it broken up at like 18 months by one day. And it wasn't really my fault. I was out. It was a, it was a bachelor party. It wasn't particularly rowdy, but it was late. And I got back to only to find that I did not have floss in my toiletries. And I was like, oh, my goodness, you know, it's 3 in the morning and I have no floss. There was nothing I could do. I did floss the next day, but that was the last time I missed flossing, and I don't remember how long. Well, you know, that that obsession is the thing that I think got me back into shape. And what it ha- what happened was one of those Apple products that I purchased, the, driving up the, uh, the share value, had those rings on it for mm-hmm. standing hours and exercise and calories burned. And I closed all of them one day. And I'm like, dude, Good I could do this. And then, then I got an award. It gave me an award. They know how I'm wired. Yep. It gave me an award for a week, a perfect week. Gamification. And then, that's, it's, that's actually what it's called. It's and then story. suddenly it was like two years. And I'm just, I'm not going to miss a day. I, I have missed days. Yeah. And by the way, you look fabulous. Well, thank you. But I mean, that was, it was all about the psycholo- psychology of making sure that I didn't Yes. And, and also, here's the difference. Here's what I let me tell you what I think is all wrong about New Year's resolutions. You want to know what's wrong with a New Year's resolution? I would love to hear your opinion on what's wrong. Good. Let's take a break. And, and when I come it. back, I will <laughs> give you the what's wrong with New Year's resolutions. because We're going we're gonna to break them and then we'll fix them. So stick around. We'll be right back. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. And Derek Simmons. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the True Well Show, where we've got a gang of us in studio today. Uh, so, Katie, you're here. Derek, I think you're here. Somewhere. Great. Floating Great. around the building. So, hey, where did we leave off at the oh, break? Oh, you were going to ask me that. I was just going to ask you that. It was, I remember, I was just quizzing you. It was what I don't like about resolutions, why they're broken. Why, they, why are they broken? Because people, they don't make them measurable. 
So th- you're, there's two things, right? There's the, the ethereal why I don't like it, and then there's the things that people d- make mistakes in their goals, okay. right? And just simply, I think resolutions are artificial timeframes. Derek, you alluded to this earlier, and I think you're spot on. Why is it New Year's? It's a clean calendar. Yeah. It's a it's a right it's a good time to say I'm going to make a change. Yeah. And yet, how long does a typical New Year's resolution last? Less Four, than two weeks. Fourteen days. Yeah. yeah. So Wait, here no, we are. I've been I've been having a lot of uh, luck with sixteen point two. Sixteen point two days. It's two weeks. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and sure. Derek. And yes. Derek. <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. Uh, it's uh, yeah about two weeks. Is, is it? So 16.2, we can go with that. I, I actually know. think today is like National Dump Your Resolution Day, too. Oh, there's like got to be something done. Yeah, it's so, somewhere between now and the 17th where it yeah. is like the National Abandonment Day. Like, yeah. oh, you are going to abandon your resolution by this time. The other thing is resolutions, I think they fall into two categories, right? Uh, one of the categories ought to just be goals. We call them resolutions, but we ought to call them goals. Right. And then the other one is really improperly turned into a goal that can't really be a very good goal. And these are, the, what's the number one most common New Year's resolution? Lose weight. Well, it was. It's not anymore, though. Really? Oh, tell me. Great. Now I can't find the stupid statistic page that I pulled up that had that on there. No, it's it, a lot of it's more spend more time with my family. Like, it's, it's, about, it's around more about time. But again, like, how do you quantify that? Like, spend more time with my yeah. family. Like, you so, just wrap up the end yeah, of the year and go, failure spend more time one. with my family. All right. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you can't measure it, it, then it's hard to tell if you've achieved it or not. Okay. So, but this is where the mistake comes in. If the number one goal typically, or at least let's say top three, one of the top three is lose weight, right? Yeah. Then you say, well, I just want to lose weight. Guess what? Lousy goal, lousy resolution, lousy all the way around. Not because losing weight is bad. Because how are you going to measure it? How right. do you know I mean, that you, you're doing good at your goal you or where put, you're at in the process? You failed to quantify anything, and you failed on the human psyche level too, right? We talked about floss in the last segment. I, that became a neurosis for me. But Derek, uh, you know, those of you that don't know, I mean, how much, how much have you lost? About seventy pounds. Right. So Derek, you've lost seventy pounds. Now, was now, it your goal in the very first? I'm going to take over from David. Was it your goal in the very first time to say I want to lose seventy pounds? No, it was not. What was what was the itty bitty goal? Well, actually, I I do remember typing into my phone that I wanted to lose about fifty pounds. Okay. And then I made changes, and then I looked up, and boom, there I was down seventy. So here's the thing, that stopped being. A goal. While initially you wrote down a measurable amount that is associated with a goal, this is a lifestyle change. That's true. You, I mean, you behave different, and it's permanent. Okay, that's true. And so this is. It, we should almost call it a, a personal paradigm shift. I know that sounds really like those are those business barf words that you hear a lot, but it's still accurate. Okay, let's do something that's totally different than we were doing before. You know, you're right. The goal, if one were going to articulate the goal, the goal would be, you know, look different in the mirror. But that's really kind of an amorphous goal. Right. It wasn't specific. It wasn't particular. But it was a commitment to do something different on an ongoing basis. I mean, this is where most diets fail is that people yo-yo, right? Their behavior isn't permanently different. It's different for a season. They really do lose weight. And in the behavior that got them there, they typically change. Or stop. And it comes back. Well, see, and that's one I was going to jump on is 
Let's suppose that I did miss a day walking. Then do I give up? Do I stop? No. No. You get back on the horse. And that was one of the things, too, is it's like, don't don't give up over a speed bump. Like, you know, keep on going. Like, pick yourself up, move on, start again. But like, or, you know, not. And I hate when it, people go start over. It's not really an over. It's just like, oh, you stumbled and you fell. Pick yourself up and keep walking. It's not like you have to go all the way back to the starting line. Right. Like at what point do you, it's well, not. Remember, it's not I monopoly. did break, you don't have to go back. I did break the dental floss streak once. 18 months. 18 months. It was after 18 months, and then I started over again. And again, it's been like eight or 10 years since then. I don't even remember. I could actually figure the date out because the people that I was with, we could really like triangulate and figure it out. But I don't care. <laughs> and I actually don't care because what I wanted was the end result, right? I have now a lifestyle routine that is just normal. And so I did the same thing that Minnie did is I looked at the scale and it looked back at me and we disagreed with each other. And so I made a covenant with myself. When you say covenant, it sounds more serious, it does. right? And it was and full of witchcraft, but okay. <laughs> I feel like I should be wearing like black robes and stuff. I know. Yes, yes. Yeah, magic spells. So, well, it's not too late. We'll call our people. Oh right? goodness. Okay. The, the the point though was I I've had to have a number of sort of self realization moments, and one of them is well, where you are for your age and what you do professionally and what your activity level is and you know what you want to be able to do is is a recognition of where I'm at in real life. So I have a question for you. Who is your accountability partner? Me. Just you? Well, I've invited everybody on the radio. When you go out and publicly share a goal, which is kind of what's happening right now, then it's everybody all of a sudden sees you. But right? has anybody asked you like, "Hey Dave, how are you doing on that weight loss?" Not really. But again, because it hasn't come up in normal course, but I actually write down my goals. You know this because yeah, and for I years do I've been yeah. doing this. So, I unfortunately, uh, I haven't done them yet, but I was a little preoccupied. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm one that's, <laughs> and I started doing this back around 2007 or eight. Which, by the way, I've seen them. Like, David has a stack of them. He keeps them in a drawer and, like, every year puts them in that drawer. And it's neat to see him, like, pull them out and go, huh, that was my goal. And I may not have met it that year, but I met it the next year or, you know, stuff. You got to make sure that your goals are so easy. You can accomplish them all in a week. Like they need to be something that you got to really work for. Did you just pull them out of your pocket? Pull what? I don't know. My goals? No, no, no. Oh, I was like, I I was waiting for him to go, look, here's mine. I do remember. (laughs) my goals around. (laughs) I do remember. It's been probably eight years or so ago where we had a lunch meeting and you presented your goals. Uh-huh. For the next year. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And if you look back, uh, I think all of them except for one. Pilot's license. Yes. The pilot's license has not been accomplished. And strangely enough, I did reach out to our local flight school yesterday. and No, you didn't. I did. What? Uh, you go check the email logs because I, I did email them for it. But I, I want to start getting a plan to finish that because there's a sense of, uh, like, I have not really completed certain elements. And it's just... It's a token effort to leave it on the goal list. It's either need to take it off the goal and abandon it or, or get serious something. and finish it. So I'm, I'm trying to make a definitive get-off-the-fence decision around that goal. I have another goal for What's this that? year that's really ambitious. It has nothing to do with weight loss. I mean, the weight loss is one where I want to, see two, two, I want to be back down to 210 on the scale. Okay. okay? I hit 244. So, you know, it's funny because I always share my age and everybody goes, oh, she's a girl sharing her age. And like yeah. most people don't share their weight. And he did that. Well, m- everybody misses it because I do care. You know, I did a body composition test about a year ago and I was 178, 179 pounds of lean body mass. So I carry it pretty well. And most people underestimate my weight. Yay. But 
I need to carry less because my joints will feel better. Right. right? At, at my age, I'm just recognizing if I want my body to behave for the, uh, the duration here and I want to have a good quality of life going forward, that's something I got to get serious about. Right. 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 But the big goal for this year, can't believe I'm going to say it on the radio because now I'm lighting my hair on fire. I want to write a book this year. Okay. That would be impressive. Well, you've been talking about it. Yeah. Now I'm an accountability partner. Yeah. Oh. And and actually, there you're you an go. accountability partner because you are part of my target audience. I want to write a book, and the, the working title, it may change a little bit, but the working title is Everything About Money I Wish I Would Have Learned in High School. Interesting. And it's and really, it, it's geared so for kids. Can read it. But it's geared for parents and their kids to be able to have discussions around it. And it's it's the blocking and tackling of finance. There you and go. it's things like, you know, they don't teach you about how the, first you learn basics like, well, how do you balance your checkbook? But nobody has a checkbook. So how do you balance a debit card? Right? They don't talk about that. You almost uh, should write checkbook and cross it out and put debit card. Yeah, like online I mean, account. These because... are things that are going to have. There's infographics and other elements right. that are associated with this. Right, but compound then, interest. Compound interest. Uh, That's the tax staple. deferral. Compound interest on both sides. What you're paying and what you're earning. <laughs> right, right. And so then we've got, but yeah, there's lots of elements, but there are things that we don't think about that we don't train, like the basics of how a financial system is built, the difference between a checking account and a savings account. Right. Right now, they seem trivial because you can even get checks on your savings account, yeah. and you can save in, in your a checking. checking account. Correct. Yeah. So why do I need both? But there are some really simple mechanical differences, mostly for the banks, not for the end consumer. And so it because you're just but, trying to pull the iron curtain back and like kind of show people some stuff that they don't really know. In a sense, but it's also I have found that when people start to get a little bit of the why. All of a sudden, a lot more stuff makes sense. Well, they get that light bulb moment and they go, That's oh. it. So the light bulb moment of, you know, the system was built behind the scenes to do these things and this is what's going on. And then everybody goes, oh, okay, that makes more sense now. And I think this is not going to hurt Alex's J.P. Morgan stock. It would not. No, go right ahead. None, none of this will hurt anything. But I think <laughs> educating our kids and also the byproduct is a lot of parents are going to read this with their kids and they're going to secretly get educated because they don't want to ask the question. You know, you're embarrassed to not know it in front of somebody. But the idea is let's get a f some foundational knowledge about how the system works so that we can make better decisions navigating the system. Right. And so that's my thing is what if you didn't need Dave Ramsey's baby steps because you never fell in the hole. You're not getting out of debt. You're starting young with a clean slate. And I, I'm telling you right now, the number of millionaires that we could help build would be exotic. Right. If you just had some better fundamentals. We're talking about those basic, basic, you know, fourth grade basketball skills and seventh grade football skills, like the real simple, straightforward stuff that it works so well, we forget to do it. But you, but I would also say some of that is finding a little bit of humility, right? Because it takes a parent a little bit of humility to say, I wish I would have done that at your age and I didn't, like I, I screwed up. So I'm trying to prevent you from doing it, right? Because what do your kids always say? Well, did you do that when you were little? Or did you, you know, they always look to you to say like, well, if you're telling me to do it, did you do it? 
I have. Yeah. And anyway, I have, the follow-on book will be the retirement rescue plan for adults that forgot to get started when they were 19. Right. But, but do you know what I'm saying, though? Like, my kids always go, well, did you do that when you were little? And it's like, well, if you didn't, then you got to have a reason why. I, I, I avoid the question really carefully. You Usually avoid? this happens when we're talking about homework. I shouldn't say this on the radio. But I was not good at doing homework when I was young. <laughs> I did Guilty. not learn about homework in earnest until I was in law school. And if I missed a day, I was just going to be behind for the rest of the year. But in in high school, I didn't do it. So then when we're having these discussions with the children about, you got to do your homework because that sets the foundation for blah, blah, blah. Then I, I nod and my beloved wife does the talking because she did all her homework. And she totally outranked she me all the way through school. She probably too. She does. She's good at it. Well, and you know, we were talking about accountability partners. I think you and your wife have been very good accountability partners in your like personal journey as far as weight loss goes. Because your wife looks fabulous too, by the way. She does. It's true. So I'm just, I'm just saying like I, it's nice when you have a teammate on that journey because if you are the person trying to lose weight in your house and you're, they're eating cake in front of you, <laughs> it makes it a little tougher. That is a challenge. <laughs> we were talking about this this morning when I passed on the donut because it wrecks everything that I've been working toward. There will be a day when I can have a donut again, but you know, what's funny though is it's like, if you give them up after a while and then you go back and you taste it and you're like, it's just not good. I'll just have a little donut. then. Yeah. It's just, but it's no, but it doesn't, it doesn't fulfill you sometimes the way it used to, or it gets easier to pass up. Cause then you're like, eh, my tastes have changed. Like, I just don't really care anymore about the, and thing. Derek, oh wait, you hadn't you hadn't pointed. Your I was about to. Yeah. Good job, good job, Please. Derek. But but your your cue is perfect. Uh, we've got one last break to take. I think the timing is wonderful for it. So let's do that. Uh, the last obscene profit break for the station of the of the show. When we come back, I am sure we will find other nuggets that you're going to want to hear. So stick around. We'll be right back. That was the weakest tease of all time, right? All right. So until we get back, this is David Littlejohn and Katie Shuck and Derek Simmons, and you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio. 1240 KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the home stretch of the True Well Show, where if you're just tuning in, uh, you don't have to miss the fun. It is podcasted, so it'll be. Uh, you could go to the radio station's website tomorrow, but really, because we shamelessly plug ourselves all the time, although we try to make it subtle and a humble brag, it is at littlejohnfs.com, and under the Educate section, you'll find the podcast. So we'll have that posted up there tomorrow, probably midday. Right, and I was going to say, if you would just want to meet us or be part of our team and part of our clientele and stuff, you can always call the office, 541-375-0898. Right, because we're super subtle about this. but uh, I'm about as subtle as a rhino. Like I've realized true. that the rhinoceros is definitely my spirit animal. Like my presence is known when I'm there. You don't miss me at yeah. all. We we <laughs> Katie does not tiptoe. Just so we're clear, there's my tiptoe is noisy. Come yeah, on, she does not tiptoe. Uh, I don't well, lie and I don't sneak around because I can't do it. I just exactly. can't do it. So anyhow, uh, in this this home stretch here. So I've already talked about how. New Year's resolutions, I think we get it all wrong. Right. And I like goal setting, but also if you're going to make permanent changes, you really need to talk about lifestyle change and, and just own that when you get started. But you've got this fun list. So if you, if you forgot to set a New Year's resolution, 
right? We can pretend we're Congress and call it a continuing resolution. Okay, in, in that case, we're going to say, Katie, you've got some fun continuing resolutions for I everybody do. this year. I do. Well, in so the if you didn't, if you got a late start, here's your chance that we've got a few for you. Right. And right. I wanted to kind of talk about them a little bit because I think they pertain to you and Derek as well as myself. But um, in the process of doing research for today's show, um, I came across an article that talked about the 10 New Year's resolutions for leaders. And I thought that kind of that title of the article got my uh, attention. But number one was take control of the device that is stealing your time. Do my kids count? No, I'm that's not, not sure a device. they're a device. No, okay. they're not a device. Okay. But and they don't really steal in the day time. and age of social media. <laughs> let's be honest; like Facebook can definitely steal some time away from you the, for the, sure. The phone and its many apps will definitely steal time. Right. You know what? I've so I will just share with everybody here. I am limiting myself on Facebook to just Fridays now. I haven't cut myself off from all social media period or anything like that. Can we but, call that light Facebook? <laughs> so, but yeah, so so Facebook Fridays for me. And what I've discovered is my device is far less interesting now. My phone's way less interesting because I check my emails and my texts and I check the calendar and then I don't go looking at social media and I don't have it on my phone. I could still theoretically get to it through uh, you know, I, I could either download it, which I won't, or I can look at it on like the browser. Right. But I just I've made that pact with myself, and I'm still doing it now. And I got to tell you, my time feels a lot better, and I I'm not seeing all this garbage of political junk all the time, and I'm not agitated now. It's nice. <laughs> you know, I have not gotten sucked into that, but the thing that I get sucked into is a stupid game. And over the years, the stupid game has changed, but a stupid game. I'm with you. At a various time. Like a Candy Crush or something like something that? Something yeah. like that, yeah. Like a level-oriented something-something. Yeah, or, or a battle-oriented something-something. But in, in any event, it's the same battle over and over and over. Just reskinned with and, a different look. Yes, and until I get uh, get that all the way through my head, I keep playing it, and then I give up on it. Uh, but But it can take years. I'm kind of, I, I like games. I'm with you on the games thing. So there's always like one game app that's kind of my go-to at the moment. I, I, so let, I, know I don't know saying. why I was a big time gamer, but it, the gaming was different back when I was say high school age. When I got to college, it was a, hard to even have a uh, like a television in our dorm. It didn't make sense. So we had our computers and it was when the 3D first position or you know first player point of view games were yeah. coming out you know it was uh, the original doom and that kind of stuff and it just never captured me and i fell out of playing games altogether and, and so i don't do that much anymore and i just don't so but i understand what you're saying See, for me, whatever think, it is it's that a little addictive thing where you just keep going back to the well well we talked about completion index right like right. my completion index is really high and there's something about level oriented things that i'm like oh i completed it right so yeah. it's, it's like a weird fulfillment even though like you said it's a time suck and like, i have it a guilt complex about not having me. i have a low completion index i got about a dozen projects at any maybe more than that at any given time bouncing around and they're all great ideas that'll be fun to get to, or I'd like them to be done. After the book is done. I think that my- Right, after something else is done, before I start another thing in between. Well, I think we shared it a little bit too. We did a, a personality test before we went on a staff retreat. Right. Um, and the one thing that I took away from that about David, which cracked me up, is David is supposed to design the rules. He's just not expected to follow them. Yeah, it actually says that's like he is really good at building systems and processes. Just don't expect him to follow oh. them. And, it, and by the way, totally true. 
like told, he's like we got to have the system and we you're all about like refining the system and keep we got to make the machine work and we got to make go it wait, better wait, wait, machine work while I do something else <laughs> <laughs> that, but that's totally who you are and it cracks me up and I mean that's exactly what you've admitted to as well it just kind of makes me laugh oh here's a good one for you though on those lines yeah not, uh, one of them on the New Year's resolutions for leaders say no more often no. Being no, busier, no more often, <laughs> not more often. Um, the goal is not to do more, but to do what you do well. Like busy does not mean you're, you're always being productive. Productive, right? You know that's true. I don't like it when I've got something that is taking up an outsized portion of my head, right? Brain it just, space. I talk filling, about that. Yeah, filling my brain space with something I don't enjoy, and so those are the ones you have to figure out. Either either say no initially. Or get out quickly if it's something that's not going to bring you the joy that you're looking for. That's true wealth. is joy in your head. Big time. This is also uh, being the, the part, having a, the right role on the team. You right? know, it's funny you say that because there's not in our office, but there's something that I'm current a project I'm currently working on right now. I'm not loving it. And yeah, it's, it's one of those like, you know, upon renewal, I'm going to be like, mm, not for me next time. If you're if you have the wrong role on the team, it doesn't mean that you're on the wrong team. You might just have the wrong role. role. On I, the team. I think I have the wrong role. And it's and it's funny because I was chosen for it based on what they thought I would be as a box checker. But it's just not it's not it's not bringing me joy. Yeah. It's so weird, weird those one. are I, I think the no, the, the skill of saying no is a valuable one. Uh, it's it, you can be polite about it too, but it's you need to set boundaries is what it comes down to, for your available brain space, for your available focus. Your, a lot of us need to get real on how much bandwidth we really have. I'm totally guilty of this. I think I can accomplish more than I can, and for brief moments of brilliance, I can be hyper focused, and it's remarkable how much I can compress into time. It's totally unsustainable. Right. So I cannot maintain that pace. I will melt down. And so, you know, when it's crunch time, it's like, man, I don't know how I got it all done. And I'm like, neither do I. But don't ask me to do it again. Yeah, it's a blur. <laughs> I don't remember. I blacked out. I promise. The, the saying no more often, I think, is actually probably a good goal for me. I don't. Vo- so one of the things that I made a couple years ago is I don't volunteer for things anymore. But I do get voluntold. <laughs> And yeah, I still have yes, a, you do. <laughs> and I do have a hard time saying no. So like people have acknowledged like, oh, you have this skill set. We want you on our team. And then I still have a hard time saying no. And I'm no. so delighted to be wanted. There's Best of luck finding someone to do right. that. Right. I have a hard time doing yes. that. Yes. So. It's like, oh, I, I love being invited to the party. I just don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I still want to go. <laughs> I just don't want to have to throw the party when I get there. <laughs> yeah, that's Well, that's where I've, I've gotten to is that I, I guard my time a lot more because I realize that it's. It's it's finite. Yeah, you don't get more of it. It is a resource, and so, but it's also how. I mean, I, I will say this for I'm I'm really fortunate to have good people around me. I mean, Derek, you're on this list, by the way. I don't I don't do my own legal work. Uh, <laughs> I have somebody that helps me with that. I pay them to do it, and I'm glad to because I don't want to make those mistakes. The risk management factors. You ask the weird questions so that I don't mess it up, and then I, I so I'm offloading parts on purpose so I can go back into my sweet spot, and to do those parts. And that and now the team being built, more people in their sweet spot, right? And that's right. why getting the right people and the right role. I mean, do you feel like you've got a pretty solid spot on the team? Oh no, I love my spot at work. It's it's right. Yeah, it's not I'm work. S- it's like you never feel miserable coming in. No, when you love what you're doing. Super happy. Yeah, and so that's what you want to look for. Say no so that you can make sure you're finding your way into the right spot. Right. So anyway, well, True wealth look, moments. And there it be. That that's I hear the music, so I guess we are out of time. The and usual. Derek. 
I oh, know. Sorry. <laughs> I was ahead of How again. do they reach Derek? Six seven three five five two eight. All right, there you go. So if you are looking for fabulous legal advice, there you go. How do they reach advice. us? Five four one three seven five zero eight nine eight. All right, gang. Well, that's all we got time for now. Until next time, thanks for tuning. This has been David and Katie and Derek, and we've come listening to True Wealth. We'll catch you later. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.